Um, let's have prayer and we'll get started. Dear God, I want to thank you for this afternoon and for this um, group of eager learners to learn how to mark their Bibles so that they can be able to share their faith uh, more effectively with others. Thank you for this opportunity to spend this time together, and we ask that you would bless this class, that it would be helpful, and that we could really learn. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Stacy Shafka. I am a pastor's wife and a Bible worker down in the Brighton and Wald Lake area, kind of um, northwest of Detroit. And I learned about Bible marking from my mom, and some of you have maybe been to my mom's and dad's classes. Um, Cinda Osterman is my mom, and she taught me Bible marking when I was a child. Um, I also, I think the very first Bible studies I ever marked in my Bible happened when I went to a camp meeting by Light Bearers Ministries, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with that ministry with Ty um, Gibson and James Rafferty. Um, when they were in Northwest Washington, or actually it was Northeast Washington, um, they had a camp meeting, and when I was a child, we would go there to camp meeting, and I learned how to um, mark Bible studies in my Bible there. Um, so it's been something I've been doing um, for a long time, and it's really helped me to be able to share my faith better and to be able to find those Bible verses. And from there, I've also um, learned how to mark um, my Spirit of Prophecy books, too. So I'm actually, on Friday, going to be showing you the method I use for uh, marking my Spirit of Prophecy books so that they're not just all yellow, because it's all good. <laughs> and then you can't ever find anything, because all you want to do the whole page yellow. <laughs> um, so I have a... Do we have any extra handouts left? Do we run out? This is an extra one? Oh, did she walk out? Okay. I'll have to uh, make some more. I made 24, but obviously we have more in here than that. Yeah, my Spirit Prophecy books. Yeah. So I'm going to share the uh, method I use for that. Um, but I want to just begin by telling you about um, a little book I read a few years ago that actually is where I got the title for this class, The Marked Bible. Has anyone ever read this little book? I think it's out of print. It's been um, reprinted by... Uh, UPMI, um, which is a ministry to um, prisoners, um, but it's an old, like, Adventist um, classic, probably from the 1940s or 50s, I'm guessing. Um, it's a story about a, a boy who was um, kind of rebellious, um, had an Adventist mother. Um, his father had passed away at some point. I don't remember when. And he... Um, wanted really nothing to do with religion. He kind of grew up with God and then was drifting. And he ended up um, going out as a sailor. And um, his mother packed into his trunk before he went a Bible that she had marked. And she had highlighted passages throughout his Bible, the Bible, um, passages of promises related to being out at sea, um, and also different um, Bible doctrines. And somewhere in his travels, he was digging in that trunk, and he found that marked Bible, and he was like, oh, mother, you know, like, well, what are you, you're following me even out here um, to see. And so he, in the 
he ended up getting mad at one point, and he threw the Bible overboard, which is why in the picture you see the Bible floating out in the ocean. Um, so he, he pitched the Bible. And many years went by, and he was headed back home, and his mother passed away from the illness before he got back to San Francisco. And um, through a series of circumstances, he ended up giving his life to the Lord and decided to follow God. And he um, had gotten in trouble with the law, and he was being sent out on exile, I guess, from the United States for a period of time. And he was put on another ship. And before they left port, he stopped at a waiting room um, by the dock, um, and there was some different literature there for the sailors to take. And he saw a Bible that looked very similar to the one that his mother had given him, and he immediately was drawn to it. And he went and picked it up and opened it, and it was marked like the one he had thrown overboard. Similar passages, looked like similar handwriting, and he was just like visibly moved. And this um, older gentleman that was there came up to him and said, um, young man, if you'd like to take that Bible, you may have it. It was um, provided here for anybody who would like to have it. And he said, this is just like the Bible my mother gave me. So long story short, his mother actually wrote, uh, marked a second Bible and left it there in that waiting room. And he ended up getting the second Bible, which is like amazing coincidence, which wasn't really coincidence, it was providence. So he took that Bible with him on ship and started to read and study it. And the story, the book, the most of the book is about his experiences on the ship, learning about the Adventist message, and it covers the Sabbath and all these different things as he met some other Adventist missionaries that were going overseas. Um, so this was definitely back in, in the time when our Adventist missionaries would travel by ship rather than by airplane. <laughs> And um, many people on that, during that voyage ended up accepting the Adventist message as a result of this marked Bible. So it's a cool little storybook if you ever want to pick up a copy of it. It's a small little thing. Um, in fact, I have a copy of it here. It's just a tiny little thing. Um, but if you ever find it, um, be, get it because it's a, it's a great little story. But it shows the um, impact a marked Bible can have of being able to share God's word with somebody else and and have those scriptures. Okay, so why do we mark our Bibles? I'm going to give you two main reasons. Um, the first one is so that you can fortify your mind with Bible truth. When you take the time to actually write something down, highlight something, you're actually taking time to think about it, and you're putting it in your mind. Um, we know that when we write something down, we remember it much more. So the word of God says in Psalms 119.11, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we put God's word in our heart, we're not going to sin against him, and we will follow his ways. So that's one reason. The second reason is so that we can witness. Um, you'll be equipped to be able to share Bible truth with others, always being ready to give a defense to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, 1 Peter 3.15. So we're supposed to always be ready. But have you ever had someone ask you a Bible question and then you went to try to find that verse and you just couldn't locate it, you know? It's really frustrating when that happens, right? You're like, I know it's somewhere in Isaiah. And you're just like flipping and flipping and flipping and you just can't ever find it. Well, I know it's in there somewhere. And 
we want to be a Seventh-day Adventist and a, people who know how to find a Bible answer and go to it. And I think we maybe were better at this in the past, um, but we've somehow um, gotten away from that. But if your Bible is marked, you know exactly where to go. And you, if you don't know exactly and you kind of a general idea, the verse will pop off the page to you if it's highlighted. Okay, so I can open my Bible if I'm like, I know that somewhere, somewhere in, um, let me just try to find an example here. Somewhere in Luke, I know it talks about the signs of Jesus coming. I know Matthew 24 does, but I remember somewhere in Luke, it also mentions it too. And I'm looking and I'm kind of thinking, and I think it's somewhere maybe around chapters 15, 16, 17 to 20 maybe, and I'm, I'm just flipping, and I'm just trying. And rather than trying to find the verse, I'm looking for color, okay? So when I get to Luke 21, and I see the yellow, I know this is the passage on the second coming, okay? So I'm just, all I had to do was look for the yellow, and I knew right where to go. This is it. This is the passage I was looking for. So when your Bible's marked, it makes it much easier to find the scriptures you're looking for to be able to answer those Bible questions. Or get in a Bible study. How many of you um, are giving Bible studies or have given Bible studies? Okay, so quite a few of you. If you're giving a Bible study, you know that even if you're following a set of lessons, that there are sometimes questions that come up that aren't in the lesson. Or you think of another verse that might help in the discussion you're in. And you're thinking, oh, I, I should take them to that verse. And then you're like, Oh, where is that verse? You know, if your Bible's marked, it's easier to go to that passage and to find it to be able to share it with them at that moment. So that's another reason why marking your Bible is so helpful. There's something very exciting about marking your Bible with studies. Not only does it give you clear understanding of the important Bible truths, it also gives you greater confidence to share those truths with others. Dozens of studies and scriptures are at your fingertips, ready to be given to others. It makes giving Bible studies easier. So let's talk about some of the tools that you would use. The first thing is you have to have a, a good Bible. I use the King James or New King James primarily for giving Bible studies. Um, it's, you want to have one that's more of a word-for-word -word translation rather than one that's more of a paraphrase or a thought translation. Um, you'll find it just a little bit easier to, um, I think it's a little bit more accurate and a little easier to communicate our Bible doctrines. And it uses the similar words, too, so they see more of a connection between the passages. Now, when it comes to um, Bible marking, my preferred Bible is a wide-margin Bible. And wide-margin Bibles are hard to find, um, so I'm going to give you a few places where you can get one. Uh, but you can mark any Bible. You just are going to have to write smaller and just be a little bit more um, creative. This actually is a Nelson Wide Margin Bible, and it is not available anymore. <laughs> um, I wish this was actually, I think, the nicest Wide Margin Bible they ever made. I actually bought, I think I got this Bible when I was 10 years old, maybe. I don't know. I've had it a long time. And it was hardcover, and um, I had a friend who did had a bookbinding business, and she um, put a new cover on it, and it's kept all these years. Um, 
You can find sometimes a Nelson Bible like on eBay. I actually went on eBay today and I found one that was um, a used one, but it was still pretty much unused. So that's an option. But a couple that I found looking on Christian bookstores online was the Cambridge Wide Margin Bible. And this one is a little bit more expensive, um, but it also has a center column reference. I believe this one is wide margin on the outside columns and in the bottom, but it's more narrow in the middle part um, in this area. It's a little bit narrower. Another one I found was, um, and I think that one comes in ESV, the Cambridge comes in ESV and a couple other translations too. This is the King James Version large print wide margin Bible by Hendrickson. I've actually not seen this Bible in in print, but it looked like a very nice one, and it's not that expensive, which is nice. Um, this is another company, Crossway, that also has a wide margin Bible. This one doesn't have the center column reference. It has more inline reference, which means um, that the text, the, the um, comparing scriptures, in this case, are put at the end of the page. So you can see it's for verse 1. It gives it all down here. So that's a little different, but it would work just the same. Two Bibles that um, you're going to find right here at the ABC are not wide margin, but are already kind of designed for Bible marking. It's like a rem the Remnant Study Bible. I see several of you have that one. Mm -hmm. And it already has a lot of Bible doctrines marked in it, um, which you can see by the little chain that's in the margin. Um, it's guiding you to the next passage of Scripture. So it's kind of already done some of this work for you. So that's really nice. And it also has a lot of um, maps and pictures and diagrams in the back as well. So it's nice for giving studies. And then um, the Andrew Study Bible, which is um, the, another Bible I have, has um, a lot of great notes in the margins um, or at the bottom of the page. This one doesn't do Bible marking the same way as like the remnant does, but you will notice, I don't know if you can see it on the screen here, but here we have a passage. This is taken from Acts chapter 10 and the story of Cornelius and Peter and the vision of the sheet with all the animals in it. And you can see in the notes it says health and it's in capital letters. And then it gives you a series of other verses that will help you to understand this topic. And in the back of the Andrew Study Bible, does anybody have an Andrew Study Bible? Could I just borrow one? There's, um, it says Annotated Theme Index. And this is where you're going to find all the verses on, or key verses on a particular topic. So for example, here's the Sabbath. It gives you a paragraph summary, and then it gives you key scriptures on the topic of the Sabbath. These would be ones that I would be highlighting in my Bible, whether or not I use them all in a chain reference study, I would still mark these in my Bible um, using the color that I'm gonna tell you. And that was health, so you would go in here, and health is gonna be in here somewhere. It's not seeing it right away. Um, so it gives you the key scriptures on different topics. So that's a nice um, feature in the Andrew Study Bible. That's a nice one. It has a nice leather on it. I like it. <laughs> okay, 
So whether you go out and get a new Bible or you want to just start with one Bible or you have a Bible at home that you're like, don't use a whole lot, but you would like to just mark it just to practice this with and you're not sure you want to mark up your, your normal Bible, um, you could do that too. Do they? Uh, is it the Cambridge one? Yeah, I didn't put one of those up here, but there is one. Yes, this is it right here. Okay, so this has the Bible on one side, and it has, like, places to write notes on, yeah, and this one, she can really make it really cool. This is called the Journaling Bible. And there's, um, I think this one's by, is it Crossway? This is Hendrickson? Holman. Okay. I got it from Family Christian Bookstore, sorry. Yeah. Cool. So there are some different options out there to get one where you'll have a place. Um, this Bible, when I got it, had a lot of pages in the back for notes, which I thought was really cool because I've put a lot of stuff in these notes back here. So anywhere where you can have um, a place to write is going to be helpful. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of the other tools that you will want to use. Um, so I like to have a pouch something like this, that I can keep all my Bible marking tools in. I do not use a pen in my Bible. Now, some people do, and there are some nice pen sets that are actually designed for Bibles, um, but I don't use those. I use only mechanical pencils because I want to be able to erase <laughs> what I put in. So um, I use either a 0.5 or a 0.3 um, mechanical pencil. The a Bible marking kits I've put together that I'm going to offer for sale, if anybody wants one, has a 0.5 in it. And a nice eraser on it, or if you don't have, there's a really nice um, Pentel click eraser that has a really soft um, rubber in it too that can be nice for erasing. They won't rip Bible pages. Yeah. I have Bible highlighters. Mm -hmm. Yes, those are, uh, you can use things like that, um, but I like something that has a little bit more variety of colors to choose from. Um, another thing I will use is a flexible pencil. This is, these are, I don't know, didn't know how to get a whole bunch of these, um, so that's not what's included in the kit. I have one that's more of a little stiffer, but it's still bendable. So that's in there. So a ruler can be very helpful. And then the next thing is I use coloring pencils in mine. Okay. Now today the coloring pencil craze is like crazy. <laughs> it's really taken off. So it's easy to get coloring pencils and and all of that now. Um, but I have two that I've used, but I'm not saying that these are the best ones. I'm sure there's lots of different options out there. Um, these are just a, a Blick set and just has a nice variety of colors in it. And the other one I have is a, actually these are woodless, so they um, don't have any wood. It's just pure color. And there's also is a 24 set. These ones, um, tend to have, are a little bit more um, satiny when it comes to the, um, the color. And 
because they're woodless, you have to be careful because they can break in half if you dropped them or something. But you could probably use any set of coloring pencils. I would test them though first because you don't want one that is um, going to smudge and you don't want one that's so hard that if your paper is fine, it's going to break through. Now, I'm going to show you the one that I've put in your kit, which is my favorite when it comes to just a um, small set. And that is this one, which is the Pentel 8 color pencil. So I've had this one since I started Bible marking <laughs> like 20 years ago. Um, so it's an, eight, it's an 8 color Pentel pencil. It has lead in it. It's um, like 2 millimeter lead. There's 8 colors in it. And what's nice is that you have all your colors in one pencil. So you can put this and your coloring and your pencil, um, me mechanical pencil, in your Bible case, and you've got all your main colors with you. Um, so how it works is you just push down the lid, and the lead drops. Each lead has, I'm going to move to where it says refill, and then it opens it up a little wider so it can come out. Okay, so you see the lead and has like this little metal piece at the top. So that's what keeps it from coming all the way out unless you have it on refill. And if you have it on refill, then you can take it out and put a different lead in to replace it or to put a different color in. And then you just twist it to a different color and the new lead pops out. <laughs> so it's very, very cool. And these are not cheap. Um, they're about $16, which seems kind of pricey mm -hmm. for... I have 24 sets of them here, so they're going to kind of be on a first-come, first-serve. But I bought these through Amazon, so if we do run out and you need to get one, um, that's where I ordered them from. And you can get all the different refills. So this comes with eight colors, red, light blue, dark blue, brown, light, green, yellow, orange, and pink. And in the kits I'm providing you, I've also um, put together... Um, two other additional colors, purple and dark green, because the green in here is more of like a light green, and this is more of like a forest green. So those are two additional colors that you could use with it. You could. The only other colors that are available is peach and black, but I wouldn't really use black for anything, and the peach is pretty light, so I don't know if I would use the peach a whole lot, so... Those are the only ones that I have, have seen. But I really like this. Now, I use this pencil when I do my Spirit of Prophecy marking and highlight my books. This is the only one I use. I only use these eight colors. So I don't have to go beyond that. When it comes to um, doctrines in the Bible, I sometimes will use more than eight colors. So um, you might want to have some additional coloring pencil set. But this will get you through most everything. Um, I did find um, these, which I ordered from Amazon, too. This is a 12-pack coloring pencil set, mechanical pencils, but it's just a different pencil for each color. Um, so that's kind of cool, um, but you'd have to have, you know, a whole bunch of them. But that is an option. And if anyone wants this, I'll sell it because I don't need to keep it. <laughs> And I also experimented, but I'm not sh quite sure how I liked it. Um, I also experimented in getting some different um, fillers of the different colors. Um, and you're supposed to be able to just put them in 
um, in any mechanical pencil. Um, but I haven't tried it to see how it works. Uh, but you'd have to, I guess, have 12 pencils or however many colors you have. So those are some options. So those are some of the tools that you will use. Now let's talk about some of the resources. So what am I marking in my Bible? I'm going to first be teaching you how to mark like a Bible study on a certain topic. And I'm going to be providing you with um, a couple lessons that I'm putting together just for this class um, that have the verses and what to highlight. But I didn't have time to do that for all of them. So here's some different resources that you can use to um, get verses to actually know um, how to mark in your Bible. So someone was mentioned to me before class that in the ABC they have a sheet that has um, Bible marking that's like stickers that you can cut out and put in. And that's been around for a few years. Um, and it's it goes along with this, yeah, with studying together. So in studying together, uh, Mark Finley has put together these little mini Bible studies, and that color code sheet um, of little stickers that you have to basically cut out with an X-Acto knife um, are these verses. So some people have done that in their Bible before, um, and it is a nice way to do it. If you think your handwriting isn't so great and you don't want to write, you can cut those little stickers out and mark them that way. So that's using, that kind of goes along with studying together. Another resource someone else mentioned earlier um, that you'll find over there is this one, the Bible Marking Guide. Now, I've not followed this particular one, but one thing that I can see goes along well with what I do is that for each topic, it gives you um, the key scriptures and it gives you a, uh, let's see, uh, an abbreviation for it. So, for example... And this one is like more exhaustive than like a normal set of Bible studies would be. So it has um, witnessing is one of the Bible studies in here. And the code it's using is a W. And then it has one on here on um, prayer. And it's using a PR as the code. So... This looks like it has some extra um, studies and topics in it as well. There's one on Sabbath observance, foot washing, and there's some other really cool things in it too. And this is two bucks, so for $2, it wouldn't be a bad resource to have to give you some extra ideas. Now another, a couple that I use at times um, is this one, the Bible Textionary. This one is from Amazing Facts, but I think the ABC might have it as well. It also gives you um, studies on different subject matters. And these are, are a lot more verses. Like, for example, here's one on marriage and the Bible verses on that. So you could mark um, a lot of additional things in there as well. And the Bible handbook um, is by Stephen Haskell. So this is, you know, this one's over 100 years old. <laughs> But it's also set up similar to like Bible readings for the home. And it's a great Adventist classic. Um, here's a Bible study that's all on family prayer. That's cool. So lots of, there's lots of options. Of course, you can always just take um, a, a set of Bible study guides and just mark that. So the key is you're just going to be putting your verses um, in an order 
so that you could walk them through in a logical progression through that topic. And if it's already been put together, you don't have to think so much about it. Um, you might want to compare a couple different um, studies to see which you like, what order you like better of text. Um, but the nice thing about Bible marking when it comes to using colors is that you don't necessarily have to chain reference them to start with. You could just go through and highlight all the Sabbath texts first, and then you'll know where all the Sabbath verses are, or all the verses about God's law or something like that. Any questions about that so far? Okay, well, so well, let's move to colors. Let's talk about colors. So I use colors to highlight keywords and phrases in a text to distinguish one Bible doctrine from another Bible doctrine. And I try to use things that would make logical connections. So for example, red, when I see the color red, I'm thinking of blood. And that reminds me of Christ's blood and sacrifice. So in my Bible, the color red represents salvation. So if the verse is talking about salvation or is a Bible study on salvation, those are going to be highlighted red. When it comes to God's law on the Sabbath, it's going to be blue, shades of blue. And the reason for that is because in the book of Numbers, um, I was just looking for this verse this morning. I was like, somewhere in Numbers it talks about the hem of their garments being blue. Where was that? And so I'm in my Bible, and I'm looking for the verse, and I'm like, I know it's in Numbers. I can't remember where in Numbers. And then I was like, oh, there it is, because it's blue. <laughs> it was already marked. So in Numbers um, 15, verse um, 38 and 39, it says, Speak to the children of Israel and bid them to make a fringe in the border of their garments throughout their generations, that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue, and it will be for a fringe that they look on it and remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them, and that they seek not after their own heart and that you may remember and do all my commandments. So the blue was um, connected with the Ten Commandments. So I use dark blue for text on the law of God, like the, the commandment, the Ten Commandments and that, and then light blue for text on the Sabbath. So let's, um, let's practice something. Let's try something. Um, so if I was to use the color purple, what would the color purple go with? When you see the color purple, what do you think of? Yeah, I think of royalty, kingly um, in the scriptures. So I would use purple for um, verses that deal with the Godhead, um, the character of God, and I also use it for the word of God. So purple is uh, used for that. Um, green? When I see the color green, I think life, okay? So I use the color green for, dark green, for um, the resurrection, death and the resurrection, stay of the dead. Um, but there's no right and wrong color. If you see the color green and you think of something totally different, you can do that, you know? This is very personal. <laughs> you want something that you're gonna think of. When you think of the color yellow, I think of the second coming and the brightness and the glory of it. So in my Bible, yellow is the color I'm going to use for that. In your handout, there is a, I think I gave you a list. 
You see a list in there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you see a list there of the different colors that I use. So brown. I think of brown, I'm thinking of death and destruction and stuff. So I use that for the origin of evil or hellfire, those sort of things. Reddish-brown is a combination of red and brown, and so I use that for Jesus and his humanity and the prophecies about, the messianic prophecies about him. So, because he came and took our flesh, right, um, and sinfulness. And then dark blue, light blue, I use orange for the sanctuary. I also use it to... Um, for word definitions, I'll explain that a little later. Um, Red-orange, I use for the judgment and the millennium. Yellow, the second coming. Dark green, the stay of the dead. Um, a lighter green, a grass green for health. I use like a lime green, which is more the color that's in that pencil, which kind of here almost looks like the grass green, but a more of a brighter green for the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit or about prophets. Um, a turquoise for the remnant church, gray, United States and Bible prophecy, pink, the new birth and baptism, magenta for Christian standards and witnessing, aqua for stewardship and tithing, and yellow gold for heaven and the new earth. Now that's not an exhaustive list. Like I said, you can kind of, you have a lot of variety when you come to coloring pencils. The only problem is that you find that some of them start to look so much alike that it might be kind of hard to discern them. But if you, go, if you stick with just like a 24 set, um, there, there's a little bit, of, there's enough variation that it doesn't look like exactly the same. So you might have to play with that a little bit um, to decide. We're going to just do a couple basic ones in here, Sabbath and Second Coming and Death. Um, and then you'll have to come up with your own from there. So in the back of my Bible, this is just a, a screenshot of that, I have kind of created my own color code written in here. So this is my colors, and then I have the topics next to them. So I put that in the back of my Bible so it'd be easy for me to always remember what color I use for each one. Now, beyond colors, I also use shapes. And you don't have to use shapes. It maybe makes it a little bit more advanced, but um, I like to use them, so I'm going to show you how I do that. So if I'm using um, blue, let's say for the Sabbath, my main, my main study would um, always be a circle because it's just the easiest to do. So that's always my main study. Now, if I have another study on the same topic, but um, it's a variation, I will use a different shape. Let's say a triangle. Okay. So this one would be my main um, Sabbath study, and this might be a variation of a like um, principles on like Sabbath observance. So that gives me um, uh, the ability to have two studies chain referenced in my Bible. And when I go to the text, I will know if I am on the right, which, which lesson I'm going through. Because if you come to a verse, let's say it was Exodus chapter 20, um, verse 
8 through 11, it's talking about remembering the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But in there, it also says not to do any work and all that. I might use that verse in both Bible studies. But when I come to that verse, and I'm trying to remember now which text do I go to next, this symbol in the margin is going to remind me which one I'm on. If I'm on the main Sabbath study, that symbol is going to say, oh, okay, this is the next verse I go to that's written next to that symbol. If I see, if I'm on the Sabbath observance study, when I see this symbol, I'm going to the text next to that. So it keeps me from getting lost and going down the wrong trail. Does that make sense? So that's mostly helpful if you are chain referencing um, studies in your Bible. So some others that I might do that with is the divinity of Jesus versus like a study on the 70-week prophecy um, or the second coming, the manner of his coming, and then the signs of his coming would be like two different studies if I wanted to break that apart. I could make it all one study, and it would just be a much longer study, but if I decide to split that into two different Bible studies, I would use two symbols. Um, color coding your Bible is a lot of fun. Um, the colors and shapes help you define the verses, and it can make your Bible look really beautiful and appealing, and um, it makes your verses a lot easier to find. Now, um, the next thing is having a Bible study index. So you are going to need a list of all the studies that are marked in your Bible, and your index would include the title of the study, its abbreviation, the first text, and the color or shape associated with that study. This can be written either at the beginning or end of your Bible, or you can print it out on a label. So let me give you an example of this. So this would be um, a case where it's printed, and this right here in the back of mine is just a regular label that is from like an Avery shipping label, and um, just print it on there and then stick stuck in the Bible. This one's starting to come off, but it's been in here about 10 years now, so it's stuck pretty good. <laughs> but I think it's about time for me to um, put it back in there. So it's just going to have um, your shape, your color, the title of your um, or subject matter, the code that you're using, and the first text in your study. Um, this is my list of ones that I started in my Bible many, many years ago. And it's right across from my list of my colors. And as you can see, it's just my own handwriting, which isn't anything great. But it's just the, um, like the first one there was the nature of Christ. And it had the first verse. And NC was the abbreviation. The word of God is below it. And it has 2 Timothy 3, 15 and 17. And it had a purple circle for that one. So it's just a list. And as I add more studies, I would just keep adding them to that um, list. OK, so how do we get started? We pick a topic. And then in the margin, next to each verse, we're going to place our shape. And then at the end of the last text in the passage, in the outside margin, you're going to place the same shape and the next text you're going to and your abbreviation. So here is an example. So this is um, a study on the Word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're putting our purple circle at the beginning of the verses. And then in the margin, we're putting the same little dot and our next text we're going to. And then WG is the Word of God. So we know that's the study that this is. And then we would go to our next text, and we would do the same thing. Okay? Any questions about that so far? Pretty basic? Yeah. Not, highlighting the verse, not, not yet. 
Not yet. I'm getting to that. I'm just um, in this case. I'm just putting the um, symbols. Yeah, you had a question back there. Was that the same question? Okay. Um, if your passage is lengthy, you can put a shape at the beginning and end, and just place arrows in between. I have done that. If it's like a longer passage, and just lets me know I'm reading everything in between these two. This actually is um, a study on. Um, DL. DL was the devotional life. So it's also on the Word of God, but it's more on like how to have your own personal devotions. Um, so that's why it's a different shape. Okay, so now let's talk about highlighting the key phrase. Using your coloring pencil, you're going to highlight key phrases in the passage. You can highlight by either underlining the words or by lightly coloring through the text. Um, I usually color through the text but um, that's just my personal preference. In most cases, you do not want to highlight the entire verse. The verse may be used in more than one Bible study because it might speak on more than one Bible teaching. And also, when the whole thing is highlighted, you're not, you're not emphasizing what is the key point in that verse. When you just highlight one phrase, um, more of it comes out. Let me give you a quick example. I was just looking at my Bible today, and I was in Ezekiel chapter 28, which is where we have the fall of Lucifer, right? So, okay, I don't know if you can see this. So you see brown. Brown is the color I'm using for the origin of evil. And actually in this one, I, I use the arrows. So I start with verse 12, and I go to verse 17, and I just have arrows in between. Now, in each verse, you can see I only highlighted like maybe one phrase. So in verse 13, I've highlighted, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. But I didn't highlight every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the tobaz, blah, 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 blah. I didn't highlight all that. <laughs> the key point is that he was in Eden, the garden of God. Okay. The next verse says, you are the anointed cherub that covers, I've set thee so. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So in that verse, I've just um, used anointed cherub that covers. You were in the mountain of God. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm just taking the key thought from that verse. Because let me tell you how this is going to be helpful. When you're given a Bible study and you read a verse, people don't know what to pick out from that verse. They just read, okay? When you're done reading, as a Bible teacher, you're going to go back and say, okay, so what did we just read? And you're going to point out the key thought that was in that verse. If you've already highlighted it, it's easy to remember what was the key point because <laughs> you've already done that work, okay? This is the point that you're wanting to emphasize from that passage, that Satan was in the garden of God, he was the anointed cherub, he was on the holy mountain of God. Now in the next verse, thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. So I've highlighted was perfect till iniquity was found in thee. Just those key words. And then the next one, by the multitude of your merchandise, they filled you, the midst of you with violence and thou hast sinned. Therefore I cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, I will destroy you, a covering cherub. Goes on. I just highlighted thou hast sinned. Now, you might want to highlight more than that. That was the point that I wanted to emphasize, and that's the, what I did. So that's what I mean by um, you're not highlighting the entire thing. You're highlighting just the key point, the key thought. 
And you can ask yourself a question to kind of help you with that. Um, what is the key word from this text that helps me better understand this topic? That's the part to highlight. Okay, so let's go back to the one we had earlier that was not highlighted before and now is. Um, this is the one on the Word of God. So what part have we highlighted? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Okay, I didn't highlight profitable for doctrine, reproof, and the such and such because next to it I've put the color and the, with my symbol. So I know that those two verses are speaking about the Word of God. I've only just highlighted the key thought I'm going to emphasize when I take someone to these verses, that all Scripture is inspired. Okay? So let's look at a couple um, other examples. This is my Bible. Um, this is in Romans. Um, and it's red-orange, so it's on the judgment. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us will give an account of himself to God. So what have I highlighted? We stand, we're going to stand before the judgment, and we're going to give an account. Okay? So those are the key points that that passage is bringing out. Do you see how this makes you actually think about what you're reading and studying? It's very, very helpful. You, you come away remembering what the, the point of these verses are, and it's going to help you as you share that Bible study with someone else. <laughs> yeah, uh, so sometimes I vary things. <laughs> you can. The only problem with that is that if the verse dealt with two Bible topics, um, it would be hard to decipher. In this case, it's only on one subject matter, and so it's not really hurting anything. I sometimes will highlight just the verse um, if it's not in a, an actual chain reference study, but it's just another passage I found on that topic, um, and I'll just highlight it then. But yeah, you're right. There, I have a little variation here. There's no complete right way or wrong way to do this. It's I'm just kind of sharing what I've done. Yes. Yes. Yeah, let's see. Well, here's um, just a printed example. So this is 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 18. So this passage is on the second coming, but it's also on the state of the dead. So in this case, you're going to be using two colors, green and yellow, and we're using verses 15 to 17 for the second coming and 15 to 18 for the state of the dead. So, and when you go to the margin, where your next verse is, the color, the shape, the yellow sh um, circle is telling you that's the next text for the second coming study, and the green dot is for the stay of the dead. This is, I believe, on the last page of your handout, that, that example. So, you can see how important it is to not, like, highlight the entire verse, like verse 16. Because the part of the verse is dealing with the description of Jesus coming being loud and all of that. And then the dead in Christ is rise is, is referring to the uh, resurrection. So we're using two different colors and we're only highlighting the parts that are specific for that doctrine. Uh, this is Romans 15.4. This is um, on a study on the Word of God and it's also in a Bible study on the devotional life. 
Um, whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. I have that highlight written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So I've highlighted for our learning through the scriptures might have hope. So, and then I have a, a little note there too um, related to the study on devotional life. Okay, then you go to your next um, verse and you do the same thing. You put your shape, your next text in the margin, and the abbreviation. When you get to the last text in your study, you're just going to put the word end in the margin. So you know that's the last verse. There's no verses after that for your chain reference study. Now let's talk about... Um, some other types of marking. So we've done the coloring marking, um, chain reference marking is what we've been describing. But there's some other forms of marking I use too, cross-referencing, number-referencing, and word definitions. So let's talk about each of those. So cross-referencing is where there's a complementary text to the one in your study, but you don't want it to be part of your chain. You can write this additional text in your margin. Okay, so let me, I'll give you an example of that. Then you go to the supplementary text and then put a reference in the margin back to the original text, forming a link between the two. Okay, so let's look at an example of this. So this is in my Bible on Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6. So if you were to open my Bible and you saw that green, what do you know this text is about? This is the state of the dead, okay? So... The dead um, know not anything is the key point in verse 5. And in verse 6, their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. That's the part I've highlighted there. So, um, And then in the margin, I have um, Job 14.21 as the next text I'm going to. But you see above that, I've put next to the did know not anything, three other scriptures, Psalm 6, 5, 115, 17, and 146, 4. Because these three passages also are describing how the dead know nothing. They don't praise the Lord. They don't know the Lord. Their thoughts perish. So if I was, let's say I was talking with someone about the state of the dead, and I wasn't taking the time to go through an entire Bible study with them. I just went to this one scripture. From this one scripture, I could easily get to three other scriptures that would support what this scripture was saying. Okay, And so that's why I put them there in the margin so that I can very easily remember what the next three are. So then when I go to, um, this is Psalms 115.17, the dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down to silence. In that case, I actually highlighted the whole verse because I think the whole thing was important. <laughs> um, so there I've highlighted the whole verse, and you see in the margin, I've put chapter 6, 5, and Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6. And also I wrote down Psalms 146, 2, praise God while we live. So, um, so my additional verses... I've put, put in the margin. Um, also got something up there, death can't praise God, Isaiah 38, 18, and 19, and Psalms 88, 10 through 12. So some additional scriptures I found that support that. Now, this verse is actually part of my Stay the Dead study, so you can see I have the green dot, 
And in the margin, it's kind of off the page a little bit, so it's kind of hard to see. But you see the green dot, and the next text I would go to was 1 Thessalonians 4, the 1 Thessalonians 4 passage, if I was doing this in a chain study. Does that make sense? Um, well, right there, Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6 was where I had been originally. So my point is that if I went to any one of those three or four scriptures, all the other scriptures in that cluster would be in the margin so that I could easily get to any of the others no matter which one I thought of first, you know? Because sometimes you remember one of them, but you can't remember the others. So if you can remember one of them, then you got the cluster of the other couple. So that's just one way you can do it. Um, I'm going to get to the word definitions in a second, but you can see there in Psalms 116.1 an example of that. I use the orange brackets around the word, and in the margin, I've written the definition from the Strong's Concordance. The word supplications means earnest prayer. And then I've put a scripture there as well in brackets. Okay, so the part that's the, the part that is the chain, which is kind of hard to see because the page is um, going off the side, but. This is actually the next, it's 1 Thessalonians, is the chain. Yeah, this is just a cross-reference. So I have two things going. I have my chain, um, which, and I don't remember what verse came before the Psalms 115.17 here. Um, but I was at some passage from there, I came to here, and from here I'm going to 1 Thessalonians. But I also just created a little link between this verse and Ecclesiastes 9, 5, and 6. Because if even if I just was coming to this verse, not part of my chain study, um, I would want to remember Ecclesiastes 9 and Psalms in the 6, 5. Yeah, basically, if it, has, if it has a symbol next to it, it's part of a chain. If it doesn't, it's just an extra notation. Yeah, sorry, that makes that was more clear. <laughs> Now, the green dot next to it is the dot that's saying that this verse is part of my Stay the Dead study. So it's, it's, the, it's the dot that, um, so it's the dot that's right next to the verse. It now, like it's the dot yeah, that's representing these dots that are right next to the verse to know that this verse is part of my study. You notice in this case here, this is like the left margin, so it's easy to put the dot right next to the verse number. But in this case, we're on the right margin. So you could put the dot like right there, but I put it always in the margin. So it's, it's the kind of the mirror image. Chapter. Chapter 6 5, Psalm 6 5. That's just a cross reference. So, chapter 6 5 and Ecclesiastes 9 5 and 6 is just a cross reference. Um, as is this. This is a cross reference, too. This one that has the green dot next to it, and, which is off the page, which is like a little hard to see, guys. Um, so, this one has the green dot next to it and SD for Stay the Dead. That's the one that's connected with the chain reference. So, yeah, it was a little hard to see. Yeah, I was trying to pull back the page, but. 
And you're welcome to look at my Bible later after you need a little clarification on that. So here's another way you can cross-reference. Some Bibles have a center column or an inline scripture cross-referencing that does something similar, okay? So if the verse you're wanting to reference is listed in that center column or inline cross-referencing, you can just highlight the letter next to the word in the text and the letter next to the verse in the column or at the end of the verse. And this reminds you there's a comparative verse that's helpful to better understand that text. Okay, so this is 1 Thessalonians, no, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. This is a passage on the Antichrist, which I use dark brown for. So I use light brown for the, the origin of evil, and I use dark brown for the Antichrist, or the spiritual Babylon, or the work of the Antichrist. So let me try to get there. Okay, so you can see that my Antichrist passage started up in verse 1. You see the down arrow? And it goes up to verse 7 on the next column, which I didn't show in the picture. And then um, there's also a, a study in here, a text in here on the second coming that's starting in verse 2. You can see that from the yellow. And then here, um, here's an example of the word definition. Those phrase falling away is the word apostasia, which means apostasy. So they have a note there about that. And then um, here, where it says the son of perdition, I have the letter, the number D is a reference to go to the center column. And I've highlighted that orange, because I use orange for either word definitions or to like guide me. You could have used dark brown too. I guess it wouldn't have hurt. Um, now, if I go to the middle, which is not, you can't see, but if I go to the middle, John 17, 12 is, there's, I've colored the D next to John 17, 12. So I've just made a connection to, to look there. And if you go to John 17, 12, it's the only other time in the Bible where the term son of perdition is used. And it's using in reference to Judas, which is why I've put a note there. Judas, um, that he was one of the 12, and yet he was the betrayer. So he was, the, the Antichrist is described as the son of perdition because like Judas, he's coming from within the church and he's against Christ and he's attacking Christ and betraying Christ and he's coming from the inside. So I've used, I wanted to take them to John 17, 12 to show that's the other time this is used, but I looked in the margin, I'm like, oh, they already made that connection using the chain reference there, the center column. Um, and so I was just able to highlight the text and get there. So that's another way you can do a cross-reference. And the only other reference I do is a number reference and that is when I have something more I want to write, but I don't have room right there. And so I want to like write it up here somewhere, or down here somewhere, or maybe I want to go to the back, and I want to create you know, a list of notes in the back. Um, so number referencing is just something I can put in the margin to, to take me to that place where I have more room to write. 
So let me just give you, um, so this is the Good Samaritan story. And I put a number, who is my neighbor? I put the number one there. And then up above, where I had more room to write, I wrote out the quote from Desire of Ages. Our neighbor is every person who needs our help. Our neighbor is every soul who's wounded and bruised by the adversary. Our neighbor is everyone who's the property of God. I wouldn't have room to have written that all next to the verse, but the one reminded me I have a note I've written somewhere on this page to go. And then if I had another note somewhere else on that same page, that one would become number two, and then number three. So that just allows me to put additional information somewhere else on the page where I have more room to write. And if you have a Bible that's not wide margin, this will be helpful. <laughs> yes? Because I have a wide margin, I don't have to do that because I have pretty much room here, but... If I had a lot of notes, I would have to do that. Um, I think I put in here how you would do that. So there in the bottom it says, in the side margin or margins above or below, place the same number and write the note there. Or you can write the note in the back of your Bible on a page that contains all your numbered references. <clears throat> to know what your new number should be, look at the last entry you put on that page and the number you put with it. Use the next number in the sequence. And then put the reference for your text at the end of your information entry for cross-reference. Um, here is another one. This is Luke 23. This is on the Sabbath and the anointing of Jesus and the, his disciples keeping the Sabbath. So you have, see I have 54, 55, and 56. I've put arrows between 54 and 56. Um, my next text is in the margin. But I had a note I wanted to write. I didn't have room there. So up above, I've written my note that I wanted to say about that. They were careful Sabbath keepers. When Sabbath came, they stopped anointing Jesus' body till Sunday. Jesus rested as a sign of our deliverance, Deuteronomy 5.15. So this is where you can just write other additional thoughts that you have. I'm usually writing notes in my, with my mechanical pencil. Yeah, it's my regular pencil. Okay, so now we're going back to the word definitions. I've shown you this one already. I think this is my last slide. Um, this is Romans chapter 6, and this is a passage on baptism. And I have certain verses that are part of the study, the ones that have the dots next to them. But you can see that the word buried, that I've put it in those orange brackets again. And in the margin, I've put baptizo, to uh, submerge under, to immerse. That's what the word buried means. So words like that, when you're giving a Bible study and it's going to be helpful um, to know what the word means, I would like to put it in my Bible. So I will remember that. Um, I put another example in yours from Hebrews 4, 9. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. This word rest is the word sabbatismos, and it means a keeping of Sabbath. So when it says there's a rest that still remains, it's the Sabbath rest it's referring to. That's why that verse is in my Sabbath study, and it's why it's also an important verse to show that the Sabbath is still continuing in the New Testament. Um, but having that note in there and that word definition is helpful for that. Um, Ecclesiastes 12.7 
Here you have, and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Most people are thinking that the Spirit is like their inner being going back to heaven. So I would make sure I defined that word. The word spirit here is the word ruach. It means breath or wind. So it's the breath of life that's going back to God. It's not the inner being going back to God. So putting those word definitions in your Bible can help you when you are um, sharing those texts. Yes? So how did you know you didn't know what that meant? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, sometimes you discover these things as you're studying a passage and you are taking the time to look up the meaning of each word. But sometimes you're going to hear it in a sermon or you're going to see it in a Bible study guide or you hear it in a presentation. You're like, oh, that's good. And if you have your Bible marking tools with you in your Bible <laughs> and you have your little mechanical pencil and your little thing with you, right then you're listening to Pastor Stephen Bohr preaching and you're you can be jotting this stuff down in your Bible as you're learning it and hearing it. Um, and that's probably how a lot of my stuff got in my Bible. I don't even remember the setting when I learned most of this, but probably a lot of it was when I was at church listening to the pastor preach, or it was a camp meeting, you know, and I was going to a class, and I was able to mark it in there right then. Yes. That wouldn't have been necessarily a note I would have shared for a Bible study. That would have been just a note for my own personal understanding. Yeah, they, they, they can't read my Bible. <laughs> it's hard for people to read other people's handwriting, too. So, Yeah, and I've, I've heard people, um, some people express concern about that. Um, I think that's a decision you, you have to make. Um, my, my Bible doesn't have any in it. My, this one, which is the one I get Bible studies from, doesn't even have study notes in it. Um, but it's also the one I've been using for so long, and it's, it's where everything's marked, so I know where everything is. <laughs> so that's helpful. Okay, so any um, questions about um, anything we've covered today? You have a basic understanding of the principles that we have looked at. I am... Let me just tell you what we're going to go over tomorrow. I had planned to do this today, but um, we're not going to have time to do it. So we will start with this tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to be giving you um, several lessons, and we're going to get started in those. We will mark a couple studies tomorrow, and we'll finish up on Friday. So the first one we're going to be doing is called Steps to Salvation. Um, this is a, probably one of the first studies I ever marked in my Bible. It was... A study designed, if you only had like five minutes to lead someone to accept Jesus as their Savior, what would be the text you would take them to? Um, so it's only seven texts. It's short. It's concise. And I learned this Bible, how to give this Bible study when I was about seven years old. And I would practice it on people. <laughs> and um, I ended up um, doing it with my grandpa and leading him in a prayer to accept Jesus into his heart. And this was one of the first studies my mom ever taught me. So I'm going to teach it to you. Um, it's not a full study on salvation. So I have another study that has more scriptures and fills it out more. This one's like designed for quick, you know, quick, um, short, short study. The are yes, exactly. <laughs> You're sitting, sitting on the plane idle, <laughs> whatever. 
Um, so that's one we're going to do to start, just to start practicing. And in this case, I made it really easy because I've actually highlighted on this sheet already what you're going to do and what you would say after each verse. So that one's probably the most um, thorough. I've, then we're going to do one on the Sabbath and the change of the Sabbath. And we're, I'm gonna, we're going to look up the verse, and you're going to help me, or I'm going to help you, um, figure out what part we're going to highlight. We're going to decide that as a group, and so you're going to get familiar with to know what is the key point, what's the key phrase here, what are the key words that we're going to do. And you'll have this study completely marked. There's also a few cross-references in here, and I've also put some explanations for some difficult texts related to the topic. So we can go to those passages, and you can put in the margin where you would go to answer that text if someone took you there. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what day everyone is, can be persuaded in his own mind, okay? So they took you to that verse, what would you do? You'll have already in the margin where you would go to help explain that passage, or maybe within the same passage. So we're going to go through Sabbath. We'll see how much time we have. Like I said, we can finish this up on Friday. I have um, to stay the dead, second coming, manner, and um, signs. Um, I, have, I have more here than we're going to have time to get through. I have one on the Word of God and one on baptism as well. And then um, come Friday, I'm also going to share with you um, the method I use in my Spirit of Prophecy books. It's different than my Bible. My Bible is color-coded by doctrine. When I get to my Spirit of Prophecy books, I'm coloring more based on personal spiritual application. So what is a principle? What is, God's, um, what is God's part? What is my part in response of obedience? What is the promise if I do obey? What is it about faith? What are the warnings that I'm not supposed to do? So I'm going to show you that, and then, oh, and I didn't bring my Spirit Prophecy book here with me. Um, it's back in the camper. Um, but I'm going to show you, I don't know how well you can see this, but this is um, Steps to um, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings on the Lord's Prayer. And you can see there's just different colors on the same page. But each color represents something. So when I go back to look at it, I know right immediately what each sentence is about. So that's my method for Spirit Prophecy books. But that will come Friday. So that's where we end today. Um, I will have, so if you are planning on marking tomorrow, Bring the Bible that you don't mind marking and trying this with. Um, I also have these, I think I have 24 of these little kits. And I, I, the pencil was like about $16, and then there's the mechanical and everything. If you do 20, it'll cover everything that's in here. That may seem like a lot, but um, I think it would be a good investment. And I, what I love about the pencil is it's just one pencil, and you can keep it. This is the Pentel 8 color, yes. With two additional colors, the purple and the dark green. Yeah. All right, so that's where we're going to end. And um, thank you all for coming, even if um, I don't see you again. If, if there's some reason you can't make it the next two um, and you want to just get the lesson of the, the studies I've shown you, I don't mind giving those to you. Um, but I encourage you to come back and, and practice it because they'll help you to remember it better. All right, let's pray as we um, close. Dear God, thank you for this time we could spend together this afternoon talking about how we can mark our Bibles so that we can be ready to give an answer of our faith 
to those who ask us and so that the Word of God will also come alive to us. And we'll be excited to be in our Bibles and excited to um, study them. And we will enjoy it. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.